0: Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode, I sit down with Dave Craven. Dave is a longtime member here at Bethany and a longtime educator as well. And this is all part of this new series that I'm taking a little while to get off the ground, but a new series of podcast conversations where I sit down with members of Bethany Lutheran Church and I talk with them about their work and how their faith and their work overlap. My hope is that as you listen to this, you'll feel affirmed too in whatever your chosen vocation may be. You don't just have to work at a church to be living out your faith on a daily basis. And I think Dave's conversation will really help illuminate that fact. He has some great insights and some great ideas about how his faith continued to play out in his role as an educator. And then, even cooler, he talked about too how his love of education then transferred back to the church and as he served as a confirmation guide for many years here at Bethany. But Dave's a delight. I had a ton of fun recording this with him. Um, I'm guessing he's listening. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, all of you, for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. That does help other people discover the podcast. Tell your friends and family if they're even out of town, even if they're not members at Bethany. Hopefully, these podcasts, we put them out there so that it can be a way that people connect with their faith during those days between Sundays. Something to give you thought and expression to your life of faith in between Sunday mornings. Wow, I had a lot to say this morning. I had a lot of coffee, that's why, but it's time to get into it. Here it is, a conversation with Dave Craven about his work and life of faith. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I have on the line David Craven. David's a longtime member at Bethany Lutheran Church and a longtime teacher in a variety of different capacities. I was kind of, before we hit record here, I was getting from him information about all the different ways and forms that teaching has taken. But currently, Dave, you are retired. Is that correct? That is correct. Retired since 2013. you you say that with a lot of glee but then you you can't stay away from this this pull to teaching because you also even in your retirement it sounds like you are currently working um at university of northern colorado sort of mentoring teachers just tell us a little bit about what that looks like you know your your day-to-day at the moment
1: that's it's really a a really cool program because the teachers i work with actually they're students they're undergrad students And they're in an apprenticeship program. So they're out in schools in the morning. Then they take classes in the afternoon and every one of them in the program are assigned uh, to a mentor. And so I mentor uh, usually a handful of students. I've had as few as two or three and as many as eight. But um, I just work with them from the time they come into the program until the time they go
0: through all their student teaching until they graduate. Yeah, and and you are well qualified to mentor these future teachers because you yourself were a teacher in the Cherry Creek School District for 34 years, correct? 34 years, yeah. Yeah, That's That's a a long long time. time. That's a really (laughs) long time. That is. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm only 35 years old, so uh, I can really wrap my mind around that. that. (laughs) But, yeah. and, and, and while you were there, you were telling me you did 17 years teaching elementary school, a specific grade level in elementary school. I started I started in sixth grade. And when the sixth graders moved to middle
1: school, I stayed put in the elementary school. And then I taught third grade. And then I just had a variety of other jobs. I was the uh, coordinator for gifted and talented at the school and then I did a lot with education technology when technology started finding its way
0: into the schools and into classrooms. All right. I mean, well, so what I'm noticing here though, like a, a current, you know, teaching has been your life, it sounds like. And and it continues to be so. You get to now kind of share your passion and love and wisdom from those 34 years of teaching with this next generation of teachers as you kind of mentor and help prepare them. But what I want to do to kind of start, Dave, is is kind of backtrack and just think about where this this passion for teaching came from. So as you kind of think back all the way to when you're a kid, is there a certain time when this thought of, hey, maybe I would want to be a teacher sort of bubbled up in your consciousness? Uh, I know exactly when it happened. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) It
1: happened at freshman orientation at Miami University when I went down Uh, like a few days early before classes started and I had no idea what I wanted to do and I was sitting in a lecture hall in McGuffey Hall named after McGuffey Readers guy and um, (laughs) I know And, and he says to this group if you're a man and you like children and you have any uh uh, experience working with kids and would like to have a really solid, rewarding career, you should consider a career in elementary education. <laughs> and, and I had done stuff. I'd go, yeah. So I had done stuff before. I'd worked with uh, small groups of, of kids at our church I, you know, there was a woman at our church that had uh, did a summer program, and I would go over periodically when I was in high school and take my guitar and I would sing with some of the kids <laughs> and stuff. And I, I liked being with kids, but I just never really thought about what I wanted to do. And that was the time when I said, "Yeah,", yeah. and it was it was really kind of a flashpoint for me. It was like, okay you're going to be a teacher and i remember going home and telling my mom i'm going to be a teacher she says that's that's a noble career you're not going to make any money but (laughs)
0: but but go get them you know wow so and and up to that point i mean it's really funny too because it could have gone i mean who knows what else that person could have said to you and you could have ended up as a lawyer or something um no there's no (laughs) chance (laughs) But I mean, help us trace too, that's fascinating because a lot of people, no, most people don't have like a flashpoint moment like that. But in the same sense, even in you describing that, we're hearing that there were little you know, breadcrumbs kind of laid along the way that led you to that point. You, you mentioned it briefly. You helped out with you know, kid stuff at your church growing up. Were there other pieces, even as you were younger, where you were kind of in, you know, an elementary education um, sort of environment? Not really. I not think, really.
1: Uh, you know, I, I I really think that most of my interactions with working with groups of kids on being a kid myself was e- either through um, stuff I did at church, stuff I did in Boy Scouts. Um, but we, you know, we we our family was was we did a lot of stuff at church, and my mom was the my mom was the uh, Christian education director, but not until after I was gone and so that was but she was really involved in stuff at our church my dad was really involved in scouts so there was things that were that I think were kind of connecting me and leading me but I I just remember that whole thing at at at
0: freshman orientation in college that really just kind of was the oh okay it just kind of all came into focus (laughs) Yeah, it's I mean it's so neat how that works sometimes in our life where it, it does feel like all the pieces just fall into place. Um the way I like to think about it is that that God is kind of in the process of pulling us into the future, right? Like God kinda already knows how all these things are gonna fit together and is just kind of like dragging us along to get us to that moment where we see how all these, you know, strange things that happened before kind of fit. Obviously it doesn't work that way for everybody all the time, but um, I find that to be a helpful image. just, as I consider, you know, my own strange storied path to the career I'm in now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But What I want to hear about too, obviously. So right. Like that's fascinating. I won't, I won't make you name um, the year, that you had this aha epiphany moment that teaching is what you should do, but you've now what, been on this why like, teaching is that are, you, are you saying? <laughs> I, I, if you want you don't want me to divulge, <laughs> divulge my age? Is that what no, you're saying? No, you, I wasn't going to make you do that. But I do <laughs> okay. want to point out that it's been a while, right? Like freshman year of college was you know, a, a minute or two ago for you. And yet you've been on this path ever since then. And you even even after you retire, like you told us, you're still doing this type of work. So so what is yeah. it about education and teaching and you know mentoring future teachers? What is it about that 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 lights you up so much that, that is such a passion of yours? Yeah, you know, that's really a great question. Cause I think if
1: you knew me as a student when I was in particularly middle school and high school, you would have said, you went into, you went into education. Seriously. (laughs) Um, It was, it was, uh, I was probably, and probably still am to some degree. I was probably, I probably would have been identified as ADHD when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and really hard for me to focus and, and, uh, stay connected. I really blossomed when I got to, uh, college to kind of really, uh, help me kind of, uh, hone in on 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 that and just be a little more serious and be able to focus a little bit more but i I, I just think that there's there's lots of pieces that um, kind of fell into place and when you were talking about that 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 place where where is what we what I call and and my wife calls those God moments and a lot of people call them that I'm not really good at recognizing those until later on when I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's what that, <laughs> that's what that was, you know. So I I I there's probably other paths I could have taken, but um this one just felt like it was right. I mean it was it just felt like it was right. And it it and having done it as long as I've done it now, I really look back and think it was right, it was, uh, it was the right decision for me. It's been really rewarding. And probably the piece that really makes it the most rewarding is the relationships part of that. Huh. Uh, working with people, being with people, getting to know them,
0: whether they're my students or peers. And so that's, okay, fascinating. What was, I love that you would say that too, because I, I think that there's a real recognition um, just how important relationships are for us, especially given this last year. If you didn't know it before the pandemic, you really feel it now. Just like, gosh, I can't just be by myself all the time. I need to be around other people.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and, and, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, obviously teaching is a very relational endeavor, but I, I'm guessing that's not what a lot of people would have picked out first when they think about teaching. Um, And and so as you think about how important relationships are, one of the things that I'm curious about, what was it like when you were in these more education technology director roles where you didn't have like a classroom community to form? Was that hard for you or did you find other ways to make those relational connections there? Um, I had
1: had people tell me that uh, when I had decided to go for an administrative uh, degree or license, um, when I was working on my masters, basically I was thinking maybe I would go down the principal track and I'd had people Mm. say to me, well, you're, you're going to be missed in the classroom. And what I discovered as I took on these, uh, um, larger roles i mean district wide roles uh, doing things is that i still had relationships that i built with the people that i worked with and still was able to indirectly impact the lives of young students hmm. but at the same time i was i was able to get my this is funny i was able to get my fix through doing small group uh work with confirmation kids <laughs> <laughs> all right and so so when my daughter was in seventh grade whenever it was the first year for her in confirmation i said well i'll be i'll be a small group leader and and got to do that and of course uh, the way they'd set it up um I, I wasn't allowed to have my own kid in my small group, which was okay, because I was taking her anyway. And I got to work with uh, a group of kids. And I really, just really enjoyed it. So I did that for uh, one or two years. My daughter, Megan, then went in. So I said, I'll do that with her. So that gave me another uh, year or two. And then I said, well, I'll just keep doing it. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up being a small group leader for 20 years, which I <laughs> – which I loved. And then the other thing I loved about that is that it was middle school kids. And I'm thinking, I really like middle school kids, because they remind me of me when I was younger. I mean, um, one huh. of the confirmation leaders said, I'm just going to give you a group of, of boys that are probably a handful, but you can probably handle them. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, those are my best experiences working with confirmation was working with working with a group of boys that were just trying to figure out who they were and you know we would talk about life we would talk about god we would talk about life and we would talk about who knows what so that was my kid fix which helped me a lot
0: yeah and say say more about that experience with the middle schoolers too Because, you know, we're getting, you know, it sounds like there's something more there or was it just like a a deeper sense of relationship, you know, because that's what you'd named previously what you love about education is the relationships you build. And was there just something about that, like, you know, because you understood how their minds worked a little bit and what they were going through that that was a more meaningful experience working with those rowdy middle school boys
1: it was, it was, um, rewarding. I, I felt that it was rewarding for me and for them because I think they felt like, uh, church was meaningful for them. It was definitely meaningful for me. I just, I just really enjoyed being in those small group times with a group of boys and some of them I'm still in contact with, with some of them. And when I see them in church, if they come back, if they're married they got come they come back they see kids a lot of them will make an effort to find me and say hi so that that always feels good
0: yeah that's awesome oh that's so great well I mean we've kind of we've shifted into this a little bit too part of what I'm trying to do with these interviews is to also get a sense of how I mean you've even mentioned you were you grew up kind of going to church you were pretty involved and then um continued to be involved into your professional life and, and still today. So how does, how do you see your work as an educator all these years being informed or connected to um, your understanding of faith and the way that you live that out on a daily basis?
1: Mm, you know, for me, that's, that's really an interesting question. Oh, great. I, it's well, it's not that I have an interesting answer, but it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Cause, cause I, I am not uh, uh, very deliberate about uh, sharing my faith or being demonstrative in my faith. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking back to uh, uh, Pastor Gary a few weeks back, telling us to how to respond to people when they say, how are you, and, you know, <laughs> and, and practicing in church, you know, how to respond to people with enthusiasm. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I. <laughs> I, I I thought about it when people asked me. As a matter of fact, when we were out walking, somewhere, how you doing today? You know, and I kind of chuckled to myself. I'm oh, doing great, you know. <laughs> but but it's it's uh, yeah. I I I just think for me, it's more. My faith comes into play more as just knowing that. It's a comfort thing for me knowing that God is there, Hmm. that, that I have this relationship with God in a way that, um, there's a, there's his presence with me. And it's just like, okay, it's, it's, it's this, um, feeling of, of comfort. It's this feeling of, um, yeah just knowing just knowing that that he's there so that way that way when i do look back and i think of those god moments i think oh yeah that was god yeah <laughs> you know, that was kind of so for me then for me then to to uh, share and be uh, build relationships and share myself in whether it's volunteer work that i do or or at, you know at church or 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 work that i do in as a mentor at the university or it's really more for me that's more about having God having revealed to me my talents what what do I do that I do well so that's why I laughed when you said you could have been a lawyer and I think yeah yeah, that's not even anywhere near my wheelhouse you know (laughs) but when I think about things like working with kids yep I, I do that and I, and I can do that and I feel good about being able to do that and do it well. And, and music is the same way. Things that I feel that are talents that I can bring to my uh, worship experience at church, my work that I do with students. So for
0: me, it's more about using my talents. Yeah. Well, and what I want to reflect back to you that, that maybe you haven't put together either. Um, but what's amazing is, you, you know, you described, you began answering that question by describing this particular character of God that really resonates with you, right? Like God's consistent presence throughout all of this. And what's fascinating, this often happens is like the you know, God is very vast and there's any different elements of God's character that we could find meaningful or important to our life. Uh, But oftentimes the one that we find meaningful and important is then the one that as we live out our faith, we come to try and emulate in different ways. And so just thinking about how consistent you were with the confirmation guide for 20 years and how consistent and present you were for your students for 17 years at the elementary school level, and then 17 years... In this different capacity, working with educational technology, you know, I mean, maybe you don't think it's that rare, but especially my generation, we change careers every, you know, every two to three weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) But but for (laughs) you, right? Like I, this, I think that that's always so fascinating to see the ways that, right? Like you, you understand God as this consistent presence. And then you have been a consistent presence for so many people through your educational career of just kind of showing up day after day, year after year, to build relationships with them. It's really kind of beautiful when we see those ways that you know the dots connect through all of this. Um, <laughs> I don't know I, if I have I a think, go ahead. Yeah, I please. I think there's an under. I think there's an underlying piece
1: in this too, as I think about it, and I go back to my work with confirmation and going. To, you know, we didn't. We spent time in Luther's Small Catechism. But the part that that always that I always made sure that I reflected and talked with my boys about is that whole idea of of uh, God loving me and 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 showing me grace even though I don't deserve it. Those words just kept coming back. Even though I don't deserve it. And I think, well, that is true. You know, <laughs> I just think there's so much about my life. I don't deserve any of this. And the fact that it's the fact that it's it's there and it's uh, it's and it goes back to my, my feeling
0: of I'm in God's hands. Yeah, and so I mean, I'm I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but can you think of any times in your educational career when you've kind of extended that grace to students um who didn't really deserve a second chance but you gave them one anyways i i can tell you i
1: can tell you recently how i do that and i thought about that through the pandemic and one of the th- and i am i i am all about holding students accountable but i'm also i think when you build when you build strong relationships with students too you can accountability is, is really a two-way street. I'm not gonna beat them up about uh, missed assignments and, and, and whatever other excuses they wanna give me about stuff. I'm, I will remind them, this is what we're doing, or I will meet them one-on-one just to have conversations with them. But as I say to my, my college students, Especially during the pandemic, I, you know, I would talk about, you know, kind of, here's what we're here's what we're doing this semester in this class because I teach classes as well, and I'll just say, you know, I, I understand that life can get in the way, but at the same time that I, I'm uh, trying to support you as a student, I need you to be able to support me as a teacher so mm. that you can just say, you know what, I I had students that would say, I I I can't be uh well last semester it was all zooming but you know i can't be on the zoom tonight i i really feel terrible and i just had a covid test today but i don't get the results for another couple of days and i just said just relax you know yeah we this this is we can do this you know and to, and really to be a be a partner with them uh instead of a
0: you know trying to beat them into submission to get stuff done. <laughs> no, it's, it's the constant. I mean, you're sure you remember too, like this, is it, it sounds like parenting. <laughs> it is like,
1: it is, it is like parenting.
0: Yeah. We've got to work together on this, but you also want just everything to go your way. Sometimes you got to check that well, at the door. It's,
1: it's the thing I
0: the thing I love about
1: teaching is that, you know, every, every, few minutes there's a teachable moment for something you know it's just like oh let's talk about this or oh did you see what happened there or you know just opportunities to say yeah let's it's
0: opportunities to learn yeah well said opportunities to learn and and it's in my experience as well what's what's awesome about everything you're describing so many parallels to a, a life of faith too and just that you know i'm constantly learning more about god learning more about you know, what it means to live that faith out on a day-to-day basis, constant moments to be instructed and to learn from other people too, and how they live out their faith as well. It's kind of fascinating, all these parallels. The part I wanted to go back to too, I was thinking about how you were saying, you know, like you have that great statement you make to your students. Like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to work with you on these weird situations, but I need you to work with me as well. Um, and it's, you. Luther talks in the small catechism and large catechism um, about how we oftentimes, you know, God extends grace to us so that we can serve our neighbor. You know, like it has this sort of cyclical feel to it as well. Um, And and I just thought that fascinating of how, yeah, like the education experience kind of models that too, uh, as a teacher of needing to be gracious, but also expecting that that grace then allows for, you know, greater learning, greater acceptance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Really neat how all these things are overlapping. Well, I, and, and we're, I'm rambling about all of it because it's just, it's exciting to see all the connections <laughs> take place. Um, as you think about all this though, Dave, can you, and you look back at, you know, all that you've done in your life, is there anything in particular that you're particularly proud of, um, as you think about your experience as a teacher all these years. Um,
1: not like that aha moment that I had when I was deciding to be a teacher. But I just think I just think about in general. If I were to, if someone were to ask me, do you have any regrets about your career path okay. or how things have shaped? I would say absolutely none. I just, I just uh, there are so many fond memories of of that work, um, and, uh, through my career and what I'm doing now. And, um, you know, the other piece that we haven't talked about much, but, but is so important for what I do is the, is the whole music piece that, you know, playing guitar. And so, you know, bringing that and being part of those, being part of those, uh, uh the choirs and the work someone if someone at, at church says hey we need a guitar to fill in with this choir or whatever can you join us uh, if if i'm open i am so happy to do that i am it's just fun for me to be able to to do that that's why you see me with the you know sounds of praise and the blue the bluegrass ensemble uh-huh. and 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 uh um it's it's just fun. And so and so two of those two of the members, uh, Scott Nixon and Neil Hansen, two pe- two members of Bethany are are uh, two people that I play with regularly out on gigs out in the community as well. So um, it's just one of those things that brings another element of joy to my life.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like with all this, Dave, as I'm hearing you speak, like you just have a real deep appreciation um, for what you get to do every single day, for 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 the gifts that God's kind of placed in your hands and then the different ways that you get to use them. Um, and it's just really refreshing. I think a lot of people work run through life trying to figure out what they need to do in order to find the magic, you know, to be happy, quote unquote, or whatever it is. And I've, I love how you're just, there's this quiet acceptance that you have about you of just like, no, no, like, this is what I get to do. And this is and so I'm going to love that um, <laughs> and find so much appreciation for the pieces that have been placed in my hands. So, you know, what started as just picking up a guitar one day or something said in freshman orientation then became the story of your life. And you have a lot of deep appreciation for that. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. I mean, that's just really refreshing because it's not, it's not always the way that um, people feel about things. And, and you certainly should. I mean, a, a, what you've gotten to do, the building of relationships, the sharing of musical talent and augmenting worship like that, those, those are real gifts to so many people. Um, so thank you for all the ways that you've been a blessing to, to Bethany and I'm sure educators and students all across the country now yeah. across the world. Well, as well. I,
1: I would say I'd say you're welcome, but I just say thank you for, you know, I, I just I just feel thanks for
0: having opportunities to do those things. Well, uh, Dave, thanks for coming on and sharing your yeah, your journey with us like this. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And to you, loyal listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, feel free to let us know if you've got more questions for Dave. We can bring him back sometime and learn more about his teaching. Or if you want to be on the podcast and share with us some of the things that you do in your life, I'd love to interview you. This is fun for me. But Dave, thanks for being on here. You listeners, thanks for listening. Stay in peace, everyone. Thank you so much.